Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday, December 28th, and welcome to, are you ready? Episode number 50 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Wexel. <laughs> He's going to tell me to take that out of here. Jim, how are you today? I'm good. I'm just curious. It's several times you've mentioned 50th episode. Why uh, Why is that the... You really like that. We we may I mean we kind of have made it like the halfway mark to a hundred. I mean I think there's some celebration in order for us. Okay. We gotta pop a bottle of champagne later. A couple days, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean I don't drink, so I'm not I don't advocate. Got it. Yeah. I'll I'll have a glass for you. Anyway, we are gonna talk about the Steelers 13 to 10 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. This past Christmas weekend, on Christmas Eve, the Steelers played. Uh, a lot has really transpired in between the last time that we talked uh, and today. Obviously, the, the the primary news, the sad news of Franco Harris passing, um, and the 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 crazy thing about it all was it was before this big game that was celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Um, the Steelers honor Franco. With a victory, we're going to get into all that here today and also talk about the Steelers' 2% chances of making the playoffs. So um, we got a lot to talk about, Jim. Where do you want to start? Is it 2%? 2%. That's all? Yep. What do you wow. mean that's all? There's a chance. <laughs> no, but I mean, they have to They have to win out and uh, Miami has to lose out. They have to win out? Miami has to lose out, and then the Jets and Patriots have to lose at least once. One of them, yeah. The Jets and Patriots have to lose at least once. Yeah. Patriots are playing Buffalo. Who are the Jets? The Jets. They're the Jets. They'll lose both. (laughs) Well, the Jets play the Dolphins, I think. So it's a a love triangle. Okay. Well, hey, you know. It seems like better than two percent chance, but you know, it's weird. These these uh, up when twelve things have to happen, the Steelers have a history of that happening. Uh, a couple times it's happened, so yeah, you know, great. Uh, as far as Franco, you know, I've written much about it. Uh, much has been said about it. I don't know that we can add more. Uh, it was uh, a great showing at by the team, by the let's just call them administration, the stadium, uh, the show they put on uh, without being showy. They they just let things happen. And then the game, I mean, it was eerily reminiscent of the Immaculate Reception game to a degree. I mean, it wasn't the miracle play, but the score was very similar uh, down to the last seconds. Uh, Somebody somebody tweeted that uh, the interception was made at the 32-yard line with 32 seconds left. Um, um, what else uh, was eerily similar? Um, oh, a rookie receiver. Franco was a rookie receiver and George Pickens rookie receiver winning touchdown. So all of that was kind of poetic to a degree. That was a great show. Um, the, the seventies music they played, um, the, the uniform jerseys, the, uh, lettering in the end zone, and I'm not sure. I haven't gotten uh, confirmation on this, but the long coats on the sideline. 
Maybe I just haven't seen enough long coats in a while because of the weather. It sure looked like the 70s Steelers down there on the sideline with those long coats. I love those long coats. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, watching it from home with my family, um, it definitely looked like just an electric environment. And the Steelers pulled out a victory. um, And, you know, one thing that I wanted to talk about just in terms of the game itself is typically, historically, the Steelers have struggled with Derek Carr. Uh, He's had his way with the defense, but wow, the defense really came up big against him coming up with three interceptions. And and one of those interceptions was critical in terms of shifting the tide of the game. But I know I was concerned about this team in terms of being able to stop the run here against the Raiders. They've struggled with it in the past and sure they came up big the week before, Um, but they, they shut down Josh Jacobs. They really shut down this passing game. The defense stepped up in this contest. Well, the wind stepped up too. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, Pickett had a few passes that sailed. Uh, I think the the quarterbacks were having trouble with the ball sailing and Carr had more trouble than Pickett. And there were some key plays that the ball sailed when uh, 17 was open. So, yeah, I don't know what to say about it. You know, they beat them. It's, it, they're, they're what, five and two now since the bye the only they've only lost to Cincinnati, who looks like the best team in the league right now. They lost to Cincinnati by seven. They lost to Baltimore by two. You know they're playing good ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean everybody wants to fire everybody, but meanwhile they just keep getting better. I remember when uh, back uh, uh, before we knew so much about sports, when we always judge coaches on whether the teams got better as the season went on, and this team's getting better. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely progress from this group. There's no doubt about that. Excuse me. The running game continued to show uh, improvement. Not a, not as uh, shiny as numbers as we've seen in previous games, but still 106 yards, controlled the tempo of the game. Pick it through 39 times. <clears throat> he did have that one interception that was uh, ill-advised uh, and pretty horrible but did come through at the end of the game with just a clutch throw there to, to George Pickens. Are you still seeing him uh, pick it growing and developing as well? Absolutely. He's quarterback in a five and two team down the stretch. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, he pulls out a game winning drive and everybody bitches about his first three quarters. And I, I think the stats were good. They didn't score as many points. It was bad weather. I don't know what the hell to say about it. I mean, if you can't see that this kid's a quarterback, I don't know what to say. I mean, you want to use stats? I, I just watch them. I, I don't need much more than an eye test for a quarterback. Everybody, you know, uh, when they talk about um, training camp, what do they look like in training camp? And I, I, was, I always say quarterback is one position and kicker. you got to see in the game, in the preseason games. And, man, he, he was on fire in the preseason games. It, it's, it's more of a, a decision-making thing and how they react in critical weighty moments mm-hmm. and he's got it. Yeah. I, he just got it. I, I don't, I don't have any proof. I don't know what else to say. I mean, everybody can bitch all they want. I, I, I think they have a quarterback. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, we got to compare him to Mahomes and Josh Allen, right? <laughs> no, we don't just build a team around this guy. Don't worry about anything. Anyone else is doing build a team around this guy. Everything will be all right. This kid can play. There, I don't think that's a fair comparison for Pickett, but the one thing that's jumped out to me is 
consistently game after game, his completion percentage is always sky high. It's, it was 67% this past weekend. And I think one, one of those key elements to his game that that's making him have success early is his accuracy. And I don't know if that's something that you could teach or coach. I, no. I think accuracy is oh. intuitive. It's a feel for the game. And like you said, you he passes the eye test. I think he has that knack for just putting the ball where it needs to go. Now, does he have some physical limitations? Yes. Does every quarterback have those elements that, you know, aren't 100% in their game? Yes. But he has a lot of the things that make him a quarterback that can lead a franchise. Yeah, he had the accuracy at Pitt. That was one. That was an asset. And it, it's, it, you know, the big question was, can he handle the NFL football yeah. with his small hands? And obviously he is. So, yeah, that's uh, that's an asset. And now we're seeing his moxie is an asset. Asset. Uh, and the game-winning drive will only – he'll only grow from that. Now they have a base. Now they can get in the huddle and say, we've done this before. You know, Pickens, Fryermuth. You know how young this offense is? Yeah. You know, that, that was something uh, Tomlin framed uh, in his – he went up to all the players on, uh, on the bench, you know, this is how you grow up. And then he went <laughs> to his post-game conference and said, we grew up. So, obviously, he's framing that – um, narrative, but it was true. It was perfect. I, I mean, I saw that develop, and then I was glad to use the quotes in writing my story about how the offense has grown up. Tomlin didn't talk me into that. He provided the, the 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 quotes for me to use from what I saw. Obviously, this offense is growing up. Yeah. I mean, you you want to bitch about not enough deep balls? He's not a good deep ball thrower. My eye test tells me that. We're, we're just also so used to Ben. Ben was a great deep ball thrower. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and, and it'll come because he has a great wide receiver that gives him that big uh, uh, radius down there. He doesn't even really need many steps. So that will help the deep ball. Fryermuth will help the deep ball. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a better running game, but it it's okay. And the line's just going to get better, uh, you know. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, everybody just wants to bitch, and the, the internet is just a gloomy place to be anymore. It just really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, what one guy that I wanted to 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 give some love to here, and not because he put up massive numbers on on the stat sheet, but who continues to come up continuously with big plays, and I think he's gonna have a, a big part of this offense, not in any single role, but I think he's just a multifaceted player. But Connor Hayward, Connor Hayward sealed the game with that that jet sweep, and who would have thought he was getting the ball? But there's something special about this guy. Even when Cam goes, the Hayward tradition is going to carry on with the Steelers team. Talk about Connor. Are you seeing the same things from him? Well, you know, um, Art Rooney Jr., when I did my book on the clock, uh, Art Rooney Jr. Uh, described players like him as bumblebees, you know, the bumblebee is not supposed to fly with those small wings and that big body, but he does. And that's how he described players like Webster and um, the, 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 the Jack Lambert was so skinny uh, on and on. Uh, they're bumblebees. And this guy's a bumblebee. And it was a great pick in the sixth round, just based on looking at a player as a football player. And uh, I remember asking Tomlin, is this guy an emergency tailback too? He goes, absolutely. So we saw that running skill and we, he's made two huge game ceiling plays. Yeah. 
so, uh, and you watch him block too. He's not supposed to block Bumblebee. You're too small to block as a tight end, but he does. Uh, I really like him. And what a great attitude. You talk to this kid. Yes, sir. No, sir. I don't know if it's because he's locker next to his big brother. <laughs> hey, just a good kid. And uh, it's it was a great pick. And uh, there's another Hayward out there in this draft. Uh, one of their cousins from Duke, a linebacker. And we know they could use inside linebackers. So yeah. I, I, I've never seen the kid play, but I'll take him in the seventh round. So do we have a new Jim Wexel nick, nickname for Hayward? Is it Bumblebee? Oh, no, I'm not giving. No, 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 yeah. no. No, that's. I'm kind, sad. I'm kind of sad. We we had a general last year for Joe Haig, but we haven't had any uh, nicknames. And in- You can't force this stuff. You can't force it. <laughs> you know, when I, uh, when I dubbed uh, Willie Parker Fast Willie Parker and people started saying Fast Willie, I said, no, it's Fast Willie Parker. You have to say all three. And they did. It came naturally. Yeah. And so, you know, once every 15 years, I nail one. The general, you know, Tomlin said, we can't have a, this guy around anymore. I thought he was a decent replacement guy. No, I mean, they just come to you. You can't force. Connor is, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure Cam has a nickname for him. I'll find out. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Cam and Connor about their cousin from Duke. There we go. Uh, well, you know, if you're a Duke, you're a smart kid, right? Oh, that's a nice start. And if you're a Hayward, you're an athlete. So you put the two together. I don't know if that's Nate's son. You know, uh, Nate was the fullback for for Craig Ironhead at Pitt. And Nate was smaller. It was like um, Rocky Blyer blocking for Franco, even (laughs) though Franco was a fullback. Uh Rocky was the halfback, but Rocky blocked for Franco most of the time. And this was like it was Nate Hayward blocking for Ironhead. And Nate was that kind of smaller guy. And I'm, I I don't know if that's Nate's son or not. Uh, I'll find out more about because our guy, Roy Countryman, wrote about him this past week in the college football spotlight. Got it. It's a family affair with those Haywards. Uh, r- quickly, uh, Jim, we'll close up here just talking about the defense. Again, we hit on him a little bit at the beginning. But uh, just want, I know I brought him up several times before, but Alex Highsmith, I mean, I was expecting him to have a breakout season this year, but he just continues to to impress and get the job done. Yeah, you. I, I would just say the same things you just said. He's yeah. a good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Minka. You know, of course, Minka's a superstar, but uh, that blitz, that, that blitz was such a surprise. He he disguised from me too. I mean, it came as a surprise. He came down. He said we just came down double number seventeen, and that was. Uh, it was late in the fourth quarter. It was like midway through the fourth quarter. It was a key play, and uh, Cam got the sack. And uh, Casey, I love Casey. They got to re-sign him. Uh, he's a great open field tackler. I, I don't know if he is crazy. You see him in the locker room spouting off. He seems like – I don't know if, if he's been dubbed some kind of problem by these other teams that let him go. But I don't know. That problem fits right into the steel. <laughs> he's like a cool guy to me, even though he is boisterous. Yeah, uh, and um, Terrell Edmonds, man, he he made the Marcus Allen bonehead play it penalty of the day, and nobody's saying anything about it. He was the guy that actually gave them a chance, gave the Raiders a chance after the pick. He ran onto the field in the street clothes, got the fifteen yard penalty, took him from thir- thirty four to nineteen. And so uh, I know Mike Tomlin is not pleased about that. I spy him chewing Edmonds out in the locker room and. Nobody really um, 
thinks that Tom is a disciplinarian because he doesn't embarrass his players in front of them. And geez, I wonder why they're five and two down the stretch. This team doesn't quit because of good coaching and good family grouping, a family atmosphere. Uh, you know, he chewed him out pretty harshly, and, and Terrell Edmonds had a smile because Mike starts chewing you out with a smile. And that smile of Terrell's just waned and wilted as he realized he was getting his butt chewed out for a stupid penalty. You know, Tomlin, he looked at me, he saw me, he says, why don't you guys rip him the way you did Marcus Allen, or do we only do we only rip backups? Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's your rip job, Mike. He must have watched the, the podcast last week. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I think at, at, at the end, I was the only guy giving Marcus Allen a, a break because um, – I was just I, I was siding with Tomlin, not embarrassing him publicly. I didn't want to see that, and we didn't see that. So, uh, yeah, he deserved to be chewed out, but privately, and that's how Tomlin does his business. But everybody thinks everyone's undisciplined, and you know, it just dog whistling me. Yeah. Yep. Well, we have two games to go here. The next one, big contest matchup against the Baltimore Ratbirds Sunday night coming up, and two games ago, Tomlin's. Winning streak, consecutive seasons with with winning seasons. There's still a chance. There is still a chance for the postseason. What are you looking forward to most this weekend against the Ravens? You know, Ravens games always give me a headache because they're so physical. So I'm looking forward to taking my aspirin before the game. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. I mean, it's football. Yeah, let's, let's, it's going to be Ravens Steelers. We all know what that is. Yeah, just get the breaks, make your field goals, uh, out outplay Tyler Huntley, stop the run. That's all you got to do with that team. Stop the run. Double Mark Andrews, stop the run. I don't know what Sammy Watkins has left. Deshaun Jackson, those guys. Tom will put it well when he said, "Guys like that don't uh, disappoint on a big stage. Stage is never too big for them." And that's what that that that's very uh, astute. Mm-hmm. That's what they have. They might not have the legs they used to have, but uh, they're veterans. So, you know, stop the running game. Yep. And stop Roquan Smith. Yeah. Man, that's just disgusting that they were allowed to get him late. What the Steelers get? What was their big acquisition? I forget. Uh, they, I don't think they did any in-season in trades. <clears throat> I mean, they got the, the second yeah. round for Claypool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Which that, I mean, that's looking like one hell of a – Still, right now, with as bad as the Bears are playing, no offense, Jim. I know you're. Oh, <laughs> it's funny how you lose those childhood. You, you know, I never thought I would. And you know, I stopped rooting for the Cubs, and I didn't care when they were in the playoffs of the World Series. I did not care. I honestly did not care. You know, when I was eight, nine years old, I would have killed for the Cubs. But yeah, yeah. So, anyway, how did we get talking about the Cubs? Come on. You brought it up, not me. Anyway, that's going to do it for episode number 50 here of the Still City Insider. Thank you so much for watching. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. Give us a like, subscribe, leave us a comment down below. You can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow at Still Study. And hopefully we are talking about a Steelers win next week over the Ravens. And until then, Have, hey, have a happy new year. Happy new year, Jeremy.
All right, take care, everyone. We'll see you. Okay, man.